0: I've been using VITAL to help students of early childhood to learn about mathematics education for little children and how to do this, Uh, as teach math to three-year-olds, four-year-olds, and upward through early elementary school. And it's a very challenging thing for several uh, reasons. Uh, It's hard to to bridge the the, uh, gap between the world of uh, university education and preschool education and early education. So actually I call this talk graduating from university to preschool. Uh, So several of the barriers are that for one thing, many of the students don't think that math education uh, is a good thing for little children and probably in general. Uh, Many of them don't like mathematics themselves and are scared of it. Uh, Many of them are not fond either of uh, psychology, particularly cognitive psychology. Uh, and many of them don't see the relevance of what we teach at Teachers College uh, to what they do in the classroom. But on the other hand, there are some encouraging factors. Uh, one is that these students are genuinely interested in children and they're really committed to, uh, to their welfare. So we've been using VITAL for several years um, in this process of teaching students about early math and Um, you've seen different features of VITAL from the other uh, panelists, and in our course a really key component is the final project. And in this final project, there's now toward the end of the year after the students have done the assignments, they've looked at this extensive digital library, they've read the stuff, they do a lot of things. So they do a final project in which they have to go out to a school develop a new lesson, or actually, hopefully, develop a new lesson before they go out to the school, Uh, conduct this lesson with kids, videotape their own teaching, have a partner videotape, typically. Uh, After the lesson, interview at least one of the children about what was actually learned. And what was actually learned does not necessarily correspond with what was uh, intended to be taught. Uh, And then they write a paper about this whole process in the vital environment. And in that paper, they're supposed to be citing evidence, uh, justifying their conclusions, and so on. So we've been doing this, we have, I don't know how many final projects already, probably 150 or so, something like that. Uh, And studying these final projects and reading them very carefully, which I can tell you takes a lot of work, because you have to actually watch the videos that they did. Uh, It's really taught me a lot about what adult learning is all about in the university. And that's what I really want to focus on today, rather than the technology. I think, frankly, as a professor, I never thought very much about my students' learning, uh, even though I'm a uh, sort of cognitive psychologist of children's learning. But when it came to me, I didn't really think too much about what these students are learning, except, you know, are they doing well or something like this. So I want to talk, so studying these projects has really uh, illuminated for me uh, some aspects of adult learning. I think it overlaps quite a lot with what the other speakers uh, have said. And so what do we want our students to learn so that they can graduate Columbia with enough skill to be able to uh, get admitted to preschool as teachers? So presumably they learn some content in the traditional sense of remembering who said what, uh, what some key terms are and all this. You don't have to give examples of that. But there are a lot of other things that go on. One is that they learn non-traditional video content. Uh, They come back to me even several years later and they say, I remember that video of Rachel counting carrots in her mind. Uh, And they say, that was amazing, and that that image never uh, left me. I think this is a very, and and a lot of students say this, say, what do you really remember from the course? They remember some of the videos in a very meaningful way. And I I think it's a a sort of memorable kind of uh, dynamic image. I, I think of it as the digital analog of a Jungian archetype that uh, can, maybe people don't know anymore what Jungian architecture. Anyway, it's it's a very powerful image that conveys a great deal of meaning uh, to these students. They learn to observe carefully. So here's what a uh, student wrote. During this pattern lesson, the children seem to understand the the, uh, strategies being taught. Uh, They look At the repeated items in the pattern, they correctly guess. During the pattern story, the children are able to say the next part of the verbal pattern, often without being prompted. So this student is looking very, very carefully at the children in the class. Remember, there are a fair number of kids. During the pattern activity, children are able to follow directions. They're also able, and look at this one. The the blue, by the way, are my comments, right, Uh, not the students. Uh, They're also able to guess the color of the next square, often by looking behind them, uh, demonstrating an understanding of the strategy of looking back to know what comes next. So if you're standing on the blue square and you want to predict what comes next, you should look in back you to see what was before, okay? So the students learn to observe uh, very carefully. They also learn to ask. That is, they learn that observation isn't enough and that you have to intervene. You have to uh, do some questioning, some clinical interview-type questioning, or you have to do some kind of experiment. You need to change the conditions uh, in order to get useful information. I have examples of all of these, but we won't have time to do that. Um, I can show them to you later. They learn to think critically about what they see and what they find from asking. Is they, a number of people have stressed evidence-based uh, learning here. Um, so they, they think about what it means and try to draw conclusions from it. Let me give you a fairly extended example of that. So after the lesson, Nico chooses the blue to follow the orange, and he points to this uh, last blue. And, She writes, this could be interpreted as, okay, an understanding of the strategy of looking back and a realization that the blue in the sequence should be repeated. However, so now she has some contradictory evidence. When Nico is presented with the actual beads and so he changes his answer and chooses the green because green is my favorite color. He also reminds me, remember when I picked the green bead? And this could be a reference to the initial interview in which he told, chose the green bead. The kid remembered this, which is interesting. It's possible that due to the fact that I did not correct him the first time he chose the green bead, the first time he chose the green bead, he feels he should choose it again. It's also possible that this changes his motivation. So we have these conflicting hypotheses that the student is making. Uh, So she's not thinking in black and white terms. It has to be this or that. Uh, But she recognizes that the evidence uh, could be interpreted in different ways. So they learn to interpret what they see. They learn to reflect on their own practice. We have many cases where teachers, these student teachers will start saying, well, I wonder why I did this, and maybe I ought to do things uh, differently. They learn the content in a personally meaningful uh, manner. As they relate what happens in the um, classroom, I'm sorry, they relate what happens in the university classroom, to their own personal experiences in their classrooms. Uh, They don't do school learning just for the sake of school learning. They, that is our school learning, they they transform it into something uh, meaningful and at the same time faithful uh, to uh, the essence of the formal knowledge that we're trying to get across. They integrate what they see into the literature. We see a lot of cases where the students will say, well this happened in my classroom and it's just like what so-and-so was talking about. So it's not just learning to repeat back to us what so-and-so said in the literature. It's relating this everyday experience to that. They are concerned with methods in a very interesting way. We teach them clinical interviewing uh, and observation. They go out and try these methods and then they, they come back and say, well, this method could be appropriate for this, but not necessarily uh, for that. And so they, they start to understand the limitations of methods, the strengths and limitations, instead of just, uh, again, memorizing the method in a sense. They apply the content to their everyday working lives. This is the biggest uh, issue for us in, in making this bridge. We're trying to uh, learn certain, help them learn certain things in our classroom, and then uh, they want to. Uh, we want them to be able to apply it to the clinic, to, um, to the classroom, and so on. And one very interesting uh, thing that I've begun to learn is that they learn to adjust their larger conceptual frameworks, their ideologies, and their values. Uh, as they go through this process. Um, and let's, let's look at an example uh, of that. Okay. Uh, she said, first of all, I was imp- this is another uh, example, I was impressed how quickly the students were able to grasp this new method of looking at maps. She's teaching these preschoolers about using maps of, of the room. Uh, I presented them with materials and questions, but didn't actually tell them what to do they came up with these answers on their own. I also found it remarkable that Jeffrey and Alba both came up with their own ways of using letters and numbers to describe different locations on maps. These are a little kid. It reminds me of Angie's work with understanding the abilities of the urban uh, kids. And some of these kids are urban kids too. At first I thought their wrong answers were due to carelessness more closely. I saw that uh, They were simply using uh, what to them uh, was logical uh, reasoning. It's interesting to me as an educator and gives me a lot to think about. Um, And there are other cases where we've seen them have a a kind of uh, dramatic insight that, well, maybe it really is possible that teaching three-year-olds is a good idea. Or maybe it's conceivable that even two-year-olds think very abstractly uh, they, make, they sometimes learn to question the meaning of slogans in the field, like constructivism uh, or other politically uh, correct ideas. Uh, for us, this is, uh, I think, the most problematic uh, area. I'm not sure we do enough, uh, I'm not sure we know how to do this, to uh, help them challenge some very basic assumptions uh, that they come in with, and that are in the nature of broad values and ideologies and to use the evidence uh, to help them understand those. So, from what we can see then, just to summarize, the critical elements uh, that they come away with and I think that we should foster are forming these dynamic images from video material, learning to, to observe, to ask, to think critically, to interpret, to reflect, to learn the content in a personally meaningful way, to apply the content, and to adjust their larger uh, frameworks and values. And I think that uh, this vital experience uh, has been helpful uh, in uh, helping them to do that.